Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pierce Cast. I'm your host, Nikki, along with Tony, and today we're joined by Pierce's very own Lisa Murray, Department Chair of Kinesiology and PTA Program Advisor. We're going to talk about the kinesiology program, the wellness committee, tips for staying both physically and mentally healthy, and a ton of other good things. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and what you do first? Okay. Yeah. My, my name's Lisa Murray. Um, I, uh, I live in the health education center. That's, that's my office. I was just there today. It was fun being on campus. Um, I had a meeting with a couple students. Um, I miss it a lot. I was teaching on campus in the health education center in the spring. I'm the department chair for the kinesiology program. So we have a, a two-year program, um, where students can get their associate uh, degree in kinesiology, which is also um, kind of a, an umbrella term for many, many subdisciplines like um, exercise science. Um, students go into sports psychology. Some of our students are interested in physical therapy, pre-physical therapy. Um, but there's there's literally like a whole list of subdisciplines that our students are exploring for the most part in the two-year degree program um, at Pierce and. They articulate, most of them articulate to PLU. We have a really good relationship with PLU. So many of our students will transfer over there. They have a a very um, solid undergraduate uh, bachelor's program in kinesiology um, and pre-physical therapy. So um, I'm also the advisor for the PTA program. We have a partnership with uh, Whatcom Community College. And so that that keeps me pretty busy. I have other roles at the college. I serve on the outcomes team. I'm really involved in assessment. Um, So I I serve as a, I've been on that team for a long time. And I am currently uh, the co-chair of Learning Council. And Learning Council is one of our um, councils that um, primarily works with curriculum. So um, I really enjoy both those roles too. And and then of course the wellness committee, which ties in uh, with what I re- what I do as a as a professional. You know, and the wellness committee has been plugging along for many years. It's a really fun group of people, and uh, I work with Kim Woolhouse and a bunch of others that have been um, very involved. And we we've been doing a lot of different things. I don't know if you guys participated in any of the events last year. We had some stuff going online. Um, some Zumba classes, some yoga. Um, so it's, it's, it's our kind of our passion. So we're hopeful that this year at all district day, you'll get a, a little dose of some wellness stuff as well. We're planning and, and plotting behind the scenes. So nice. yeah. I'll circle back to that. I wanted to ask though, for the listeners, um, who may not be as familiar when, when we hear the term kinesiology, um, exercise physiology, how, in what way should we interpret what that means in, in really like layman's terms? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm so old back in the day, it was a traditional physical education major, you know, um, I think a lot of people can relate to, to PE, um, but it's not traditional PE in that it's activity based. It's, It's really the science and study of human movement. Um, and everything that goes on in the body physiologically with, in relationship to exercise. And so um, that's one focus. Biomechanics is, is part of kinesiology. Um, I mean, 
to be perfectly honest, sports psychology is a subdiscipline of kinesiology. We teach some components and elements of that. We have a course that we teach in sports psychology, um, nutrition. Uh, so it's, it's a little overwhelming for students who come to the program because they are, there's so many options, you know, they can, um, yeah. follow a couple different avenues and get into a couple different careers, but that's also the beauty of it. Right. They can. Yeah, so I see you like <laughs> light up. So anytime it, so we have, so Lisa and I have kind of a, a history, but anytime I see you speaking about the program and, and all of the, the features and characteristics of it. I just see you kind of light up. Like, uh, it's amazing to see. And I'm, you know, I, I guess I've always wondered, but now I have the platform to wonder out loud. Uh, what is your what is your entry point into um, all of the, you know, kinesiology, but all the subdivisions that you talk about, this lifestyle that you bring to it, the life that the light that you kind of bring to this program? Uh, gosh, I, you know, the funny thing is, is I've never really shared a lot of that with, with everyone. I, uh, I played, I was a tomboy growing up and I know that's a, an interesting term, right? But I basically played flag football and wanted to play tag with all my big brothers, friends on the street and keep up with them on my bicycle. And so as a kid growing up, um, you know, I was just very involved in sports. Um, and I was gifted. I wasn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily work hard at a lot of those things. They, they just seemed to be natural for me. So, um, I played a lot of sports and got involved very at a very young age. I had very, very supportive parents. I was very privileged to have a family that kind of, um, supported me, encouraged me and coached me. And, um, you know, it, it all started from then when I was a kid. And I know that like for, you know, many of my students, they may not have had like as positive of a, a personal experience when it comes to like sports or exercise. It was either too hard or too harsh or, um, you know, some of my students were bullied in those environments. And um, so, you know, I, I, I feel super blessed. And so I wanted to find ways to give back and I've, um, you know, I, I did never consider teaching. I mean, it would never even crossed my mind. And I went to school um, as a, a history major while I was pursuing competitive sports. And so I played soccer in college. I was also a downhill skier in college. And um, I ran a little cross country too in college. Um, and when I got done, I had- a, You do have, have a, the co cross country bones. Like you've uh, got that for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I wasn't great at running. I love running. I wasn't exactly fast though. So, but, um, but it was, it was fun. I was able to contribute, um, to our, uh, cross country team when they needed, uh, extra bodies to, to make placements for their team. And, and it was in the middle of my soccer season. So I never really participated in cross country fully, but I was, uh, kind of a, a stand in as needed, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I, my undergraduate degree, uh, is in sports medicine and exercise science. And I just, I just love learning about the body. And so it was the science of, it wasn't just about the participation and being, um, active and, um, involved in sports. And, and it was about exercise and it was about how it impacts the body. It can, it, you know, it can also harm you, you know, it can, can get injured. There's lots of risks associated with exercise, but the benefits obviously outweigh, outweigh the risks. So, um, 
I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was really grappling with the same things my students grapple with, like, oh my gosh, I could go to nursing school. I could, um, you know, be a coach. I could do all of these things. So I, um, I resorted to going to grad school and delaying making a decision. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So I'll just keep learning. Right. So I just had a, I had an awesome opportunity to do that. And I went to, um, university of Kentucky, got my master's degree and, um, Tony, you name it, I've done it. Uh, I'm, I think, you know, for the most part, I'm a hustler. Uh, and, and I hustled every possible job there was out there. I personal trained, right. I coached teams and I coached youth, you know, um, I had a, a little stint coaching some, uh, community college soccer at green river, uh, helped out with the fast pitch team. And I never really was a expert at fast pitch, but I loved helping and loved the kids. So, um, and then my own kids, I have three children that are all adults now. We're very involved in sports because they wanted to, not because we forced them to. Um, and I, I was active in their lives with regards to that. My husband as well. My husband's actually a full-time coach. <laughs> That's what he does. He coaches soccer um, and has been a coach for many years. So it's in our, it's in our family. It's in our blood. Yeah, I was going to say, you're an active family for sure. Yeah. You didn't have to force them. You just. No, no. Like that. That's what they wanted to do. And um Ironically, they all three play soccer. Right. We didn't force them though. They just gravitated sure, sure. towards us. So um yeah, but like I, I was a consultant for a couple of years. I worked with the King County paramedics. I helped them with some back safety training. This was early in my career when I moved to to Washington. Um I worked as a personal trainer in downtown Seattle. Um I did a little personal training on the side. I coached teams. I worked part-time teaching PE at Green River. And that was kind of my breakthrough into teaching. Um, I was a grad assistant, teaching assistant. And I thought, you know, like teaching some PE classes, it was really easy for me. You know, it was like Mm -hmm. something I love doing, but I never thought, wow, should I do this? Should I be a teacher? You know, Um, but it, it, it just like kind of happened. And then be, having these, this opportunity to teach some, the science behind exercise and to develop, you know, this program, I, I got hired at Pierce right when the uh, health education center was being built. I think on my interview, I wore a hard hat and walked, did a walkthrough through the, <laughs> through the building at the time. So um, it was very exciting for me at the time. And it's, it's evolved over the years. And um, we get lots of students from many different backgrounds. We now have the program expanding at JBLM as well. Yeah. So you were there um, when there used to be a, a pool, this like mythical pool that? I'm aware of the pool. I never saw the pool. Okay. I saw the, the you know, the crack in, in the settling in the, uh, the floor of the health education center, I assume is because it was built on top of the pool. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I came, after they built that building on the... I've never heard of the mythical pool. Yeah, it was a community pool. So now it's, first, it's underground. The secret underground yeah. pool underneath Pierce. Yeah. It, I guess it was, like, very popular, too. Um, we had we had some community members that used to come into the Health Education Center. Um, when I first started, they were, like, they were the, you know, the original pool people. <laughs> and they were pretty sad when the building was built. Uh because the pool went away, but. But now we've got yeah, amazing like, facilities too that they can use, right? Yeah, it, and it's sitting on an artifact. Right, 
Right. Which is <laughs> so now you mentioned, um, you know, these different subdivisions within the program. And so if there's a student who comes to you and is unsure or wants to explore, you know, different paths to kind of figure out what, you know, where their passion really lies, what mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, programs do you have for them or support? Do you have coaching or do you just talk with them to kind of get a feel for what the, you know, what you think maybe they could really get into? Or what does that look like for students who know they want to do something in kinesiology, but they're not sure which yeah. direction to go in? This is actually probably the most favorite part of my job, the advising and the um, listening to students and uh, what their goals and dreams are. Um, I think the hard part for a lot of students is trying to um, figure out how it's going to translate to a job that can support them and that's sustainable. And I don't want to mislead them in any way. So, you know, we talk about um, that from the very beginning, you know, like, let's look at what the potential for growth in this type of industry is because personal training can be, you know, there's personal trainers out there making a lot of money, um, but in the right area in the, with the right demographic. And, and it's also um, something that you, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. I know for me personally, when I was a personal trainer, um, you know, I didn't see my family as much because you're, you, you want to be available you know, for your clientele. And, you know, that's usually at 5am and that's usually at after work hours and things like that. So those students that come, we want that. We want them to come into our program because the program is, it's so diverse. Like they take a course in um, sports medicine and athletic training. Um, we have a lot of students that are like, hmm, maybe I want to be an athletic trainer. And some students don't want anything to do with the injury side of the house. They want to be more on the preventative side of the house. And, and then we even have a class, um, a course that's, that's called special populations and students start looking at how they could really focus on serving a very specific population, um, in, kinesiology, you know, like, um, diabetes. And we look at, you know, a lot of the chronic conditions that affect people and how they can get specialized, um, coaching and attention and, and programming. So some students are very, uh, drawn towards that. Some students really want to work with children. Um, it's, it, it, it works out. I, I can't quite explain it, but I, I know that, you know, we have a lot of experiences in the program where students do observations. And then of course they do an internship. Um, and they find out in some way over the course of the two years they're with us that this is what I don't want to do. And this is what I do want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they go do an observation in a PT clinic and they say, no, you know, that's really not for me. Um, and that's a good thing, right? Like that we find out what they don't like as well. And, um, and also who, they, who, where they see themselves in their community, you know, um, cause our, our communities really need advocates for movement and for right. activity and, right. you know, and so I've, I've been really not pressuring them, but just getting them to think outside the box where they see themselves giving back to their communities um, with their knowledge and their expertise and their motivation and their drive, you know, because all of these students care about people. That's what's really unique about our program. It's like a, if you're, you know, a, a people serving person, you could, you should major in kinesiology because, you know, you're going to give back in to, to someone, to a group of people, to a team, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be tangible rewards 
um, because you make differences in people's lives. So, I mean, Tony, you know, coaching, I mean, right. it's, it's just true. amazing what you get back in return. Sometimes it's just, you know, something you can't explain. Right. And and it's funny that you had mentioned earlier the like the different sides of the house um, and uh, you were talking about like injury and prevention within this other aspect of um, special populations. And it made me think there's even a greater opportunity. So you had said something earlier when you were talking about your family and in your past about um, just you love to run. Right. Um, and and. I would imagine that a lot of folks who think about kinesiology um, are folks who are actively passionate, uh, even if they don't love to run, they don't mind it like they'll they'll tolerate the running. Um, there is an athletic um, affinity somewhere within them that kind of pushes them in that direction. And so you start working with athletes and all those other things. But there's this other population, there's a, a huge population of people who like, I don't, I don't like running, right? Like, what if you don't love running? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you said, being able to um, get people to understand the importance of moving your body um, and being able to move through space and how important that is for health and emotional wellness and, and mental wellness. And so um, can you talk about uh, like personal experiences that you've had helping helping uh, people kind of reach that point, even with like the wellness committee, um, but also um, helping students get to a point where they can kind of um, be able to work with athletes and non-athletes in that, in that way? Yeah, I mean, the, the athletic, environments very different there's no doubt about it and what i you know what we strive to do is to get people to realize and i i really like preach this in my classes that everyone deserves an opportunity to be healthy you know um some things we don't have control over but the things you do have control over let's figure out how um to control those and create habits and 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 habit forming you know you need to know that what those cues are. Um, and I, I, I really think that like students realize that it, it's, it's not about running and training for a marathon. Um, you know, I mean, I, I feel very privileged that I can still run and I don't feel pain, you know, but I, I, I have students that, and I've worked with people that are in pain on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, everybody comes at it from a different lens and a different, Um, viewpoint. And so like in my, in my PE classes, for example, students do weekly wellness logs, wellness slash workout logs. And sometimes students will come into that class injured. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, your physical therapy is your wellness this week. And um, students who've, who've unfortunately had COVID, I'm like, just talk about how you rested and, and did you, you know, the, what did you eat that week to help support your recovery, you know? And so it's very eye opening for students to, to feel comfortable with the fact that, you know, like exercise science, kinesiology also covers all those other elements of spiritual, emotional, and mental and social well-being. you know? And um, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. You know, um, I care deeply about 
students finding what that is that works for them. I have students that turn in wellness logs and they're, they're dancing. They're <laughs> dancing for 20 minutes, you know, like, I love that, you know, right, like right. they, they show me things sometimes that I need to like, you know, get out of my, you know, start my watch, stop my watch and just have fun and not time myself every time. Right. Because that's also very important as well. And then sometimes it's the part, it's the slow down part and how are you decompressing and do you have good strategies in place to help manage your stress? That's part of wellness too. And um, we, we, we work really hard in our program to make sure there's elements of that in our curriculum. And we want our students to work on that individually first. And we ask them to take wellness classes. We ask them to take certain classes. And then we put them in positions where they're, how do you coach someone else? How do you teach someone else? How do you support someone else through that process? Um, because it's so individualized and unique for everyone. Um, I was just sharing with a colleague on Tuesday about how exhausted I am kind of giving feedback to students because mm -hmm. it's, it's, I want to like encourage every single one of my students in it. And I, and I tell my, my students in the kinesiology program that it is sometimes emotionally draining. And if you don't take care of yourself because you're giving so much to other people, there is job burnout. You know, it's like if it, we border what I believe we're in the allied health profession, technically, right? Like we, we are giving and supporting and trying to improve people's health or kind of help them recover. And it's, um, it takes a lot out of you to, to, to do that for others. So, um, you have to have some good strategies in place for yourself. Um, what, you know, like, what are some yeah. of those strategies that you use to, you know, take care of yourself and be sure that you're meeting your needs and then helping those that you coach? Yeah, I think the number one thing for me, you know, that I tell students, like sometimes like you can get to the end of the day or even the middle of the day and go, gosh, I haven't been very productive today. But, you know, that's all you um, judging yourself. And, and it's very important that you just take a break. And it's also very important that even if it's not done, your body still needs to rest. And when your body rests, your mind is rested. And I just think that that's super important. That's been a, um, kind of an eye opener for me that sleep, I can't get away with not getting uh, enough sleep anymore. As I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit wiser. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, make sure students realize that because students tend to pull some amazing hours and I don't know how they're doing it. Um, I had a student who just, you know, was completing a, I do a, a, end of the quarter thing in my PE class where I have them talk about the habits they've formed, the barriers they faced, the challenges they faced, the strategies they developed, how they overcame it. Did they succeed? Did they fail? You know, how do you come up with a plan to, to, to face that again? Um, building resilience basically. And uh, this student had four children, two jobs, going to school. I mean, we all know that that student profile at Pierce college, they're amazing. And, and, but you can only be, you know, superwoman or, you know, Superman or, you know, invincible for so long. And your body is going to eventually tell you time's up. You need to like shut it down. So sleep, rest. Um, you have to get away from the screen sometimes. Um, 
that's usually a, a common piece of advice. And that's something I've learned too, because I, I like to push hard for as long as I can and um, think I, you know, I, I can handle it or whatever, but you're not as good as you think you are, you know, like Tony, no offense, but like, I do the same thing. I got 30 windows open, you know, <laughs> right. trying to do everything. And it's just, got to catch ourselves it, sometimes. It's a, it's, it's an, it's an energy expenditure. Mm-hmm. It is. And yeah. Often, oftentimes when you have a large battery capacity, you don't realize the little bits of energy that are being expended until it's too late or it's approaching too late. Uh, So, so definitely finding those opportunities to to plug in and and recharge um, is something that I've been, I've been considering, um, especially during COVID. Uh, And like you, I kind of, I tend to geek out over uh, the, the data Right. Like, so, so, um, I'm a data nerd. I like, I like the, um, my sleep, my sleep has been off, um, since working from home. So I got a, uh, a whoop band. There you go. It, right. So it tells you all your data tracking trends and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I try to apply all of that. Um, I'm curious though, you said you, you know, the work that you've done with the, the wellness committee and just kind of hearing, um, how you approach work uh, when you're when you are um, working with students? What are some of the what are some of the the wellness committee goals that you um, that you have? Um, you know, as as you work alongside um, each other as 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 colleagues. Um, I'll tell you. You want to talk about resilient. Um, like we've been around, the wellness committee has been around a long time. I think it's difficult in a, in a large organization to make it a priority, right? Like it's very hard when you have so many other priorities. And I think COVID taught us a lot about making sure we're taking care of, if we don't have, if we're not taking care of the people that run the organization and then those people are taking care of the students that come to us and need help, you know, like it's a vicious cycle. And so we we felt that it was very important that we try, you know, offer something, anything. Our goals were to try and reach out to as many people as possible. Now, it's not going to serve all the needs of a large organization, but I don't care for those 15 people that showed up for the mindfulness sessions and for the other 10 that showed up for the for the bring your pet to the Zoom. You know, I mean, that that means a lot. If you're making one connection, you've made one connection. If you're making 10 or a hundred or a thousand connections, those are really important connections. And, um, that I think that that's kind of key for the people, at least the people that I've been working with over the years on that committee. And I owe it all like that. I'm, I say I'm part of that committee, but I just want to like, make sure that it got on recording here, that there are (laughs) some rock star people that have been committed to that or that group for a really long time. And, um, you know, the, the college has gotten behind us. And I don't know if you remember all district day two years ago, we did the uh, wellness marketplace. That was, that was so well received. We got so much feedback from, um, from everyone who attended that day. That That was amazing. Yeah. So, so we, the only, the only criticism I have Uh is that there wasn't any goat yoga. I feel like planking with a yoga on my back or with a goat on my back would have been cherries. But I'll pass that along, that feedback yeah. along. But I don't know if we'll be able. To. 
<laughs> pull that one off, Tony. Uh, all I can tell you is um, brace yourself. I don't want to give away, give it all away, but I think we have some really exciting um, and fun activities planned for the upcoming all district day. Um, you know, there, it was amazing. Yeah. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun group. I can't always be present with them a hundred percent of the time, but um, their ideas, their passion and the care and concern that they have for others is really um, immeasurable. So I'm happy. Yeah, happy I, to I be think a part I remember. I think I remember like Ruthie was doing mm-hmm. um, deadlifts or something <laughs> crazy, right? Like it was a. I was like, "What? Who are these people? Are beasts yeah. in this gym right now?" It was yeah. Amazing. yeah, she's a bodybuilder. <laughs> right. That's awesome. We'll go round up, round up some uh, some goats for the next one, Tony. We can just bring some to the yoga. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. So now I know we have. Yeah. Um, Pierce to Paris going on right now. Are there some other programs that that the wellness committee has currently going on? That's our okay. biggest one right now. We're um, we're planning ahead for fall so that we have some things available for for um, mm-hmm. employees. And um, we're always looking for feedback and ideas. And um, you know, in this virtual world, it's you know we're trying to make the best connections that we can. We we struggle with with doing that work, just as we do, you know, as faculty trying to make those connections with students. But I think that, you know, we just don't give up, <laughs> you know, like if one person shows up, we run it, there you, you know, um, because that person needed it that day. And, and um, we just want to make sure we're there for them. And so we're just always exploring ideas and opportunities and seeing what we can do. I'm really looking forward to coming back because we've learned so much about what we can do. We didn't think we could do. And now to try to implement that when we get back on campus, um, I think, I think a big thing for me is I've been reading a lot about like, cause I know my students um, are affected, you know, this, this, there's a difference between like being socially isolated and being lonely. Um, and, and I've, my students experience both. And I, I know I've experienced you know, one or both at any given time, like it can be in the middle of a work day, you know? Um, and so I think that that's kind of important for us to continue to think about, like, how do we connect people? How do we get buddies systems or accountability partners or check-ins? And, you know, people got burnt out from being in, in Zooms, I think. And so it got harder and harder and harder, but um, we're continuing to explore that aspect of wellness like building up social capital. How many people do you have to talk to in your circle? And do you make time for that on a daily basis? Like that's, that's a checkbox. And that's a really important checkbox for taking care of yourself. So um, that, that, that's definitely something that we've talked about. Um, It makes it hard, right? When we're not all coming together. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some people, that's, that's, that's okay. They do well with that. And, And that's the other part of this to just recognize that like, you know, some people who suffer from social anxiety, we can't push that on people. And this has been a dream come true, being able to work from home and they're, they're, you know, doing fantastic. And I think as we transition back, we need to think about all those aspects of, of how we offer, like even physical education courses, a student that would do better, even though it's a face-to-face environment, can that, would that student do, do much better in their own private gym space or just being outdoors in nature, you know? So I think, I think that's key finding those elements, but, um, like I said, so 
social isolation is not good for anyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, There's lots of research behind that as well. And so um, how we tackle that or handle that is what are, sorry, what would be a couple, you know, going off of being both physically and mentally healthy, especially during this virtual time that we've got going on. um, What are a couple of like key tips that you give your students and anyone you work with to to focus on their mental and physical health. So I know, you know, working from home and walking five steps over to your your workspace, you don't get that much movement. So, you know, getting up, moving, going outside. What are some of those tips that you have? Yeah, those are good tips, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not sitting. Sitting's the worst thing in the world for your Mm -hmm. spine. You know, it's so compressive. So, um, you know, I don't know, do a meeting upside down. <laughs> we'll do our next Zoom recording upside down. <laughs> Headstands, handstands. Um, yeah, I think I think moving, but also switching gears, you know, like um, sh- shifting to do something different, whether that's like a house chore or, you know, like that's very important to shift gears throughout the day. And it's interesting. I I, I hope that we can still find ways to do that when we're in person and we're not just, you know, in the office. I've always been a fan of walking meetings or um, meetings on the fly or meetings in different, you know, not a meeting at a, in a conference room. Like, why do we call it a conference room? Let's meet in the cafeteria, you know, um, where it's noise. Yeah. And, and, and it, you know, it's a different environment. And, you know, I think that that those things are important. So changing your, changing your environment and moving a little bit, and also maybe even closing your eyes, you know, shut down, um, break. That's like, that's like against the rules in the United States to take naps, you know, naps are exhilarating. And like in Spain, you know, they shut down from two to six every afternoon and businesses close so that people can rest, you know, and they come back so, rejuvenated, ready to go. Yeah. They're, they've got, you know, pretty active nightlifes, you know, there, mm-hmm. but, uh, that could be a good thing. <laughs> we'll bring that to Pierce. The Spanish lifestyle. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I was at the health education center today, just an FYI, and there was there was a handful of people in there working out. The music was on. I was like, it felt yeah. like it felt like 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 normal a little bit, didn't it? It felt a little normal. There were a couple student workers at the desk. Uh, Doug was moving tables around. I mean, I was like, this is. Did COVID happen or, right. you know, right. where am I other than having a mask on? That was the only like indicator that something was different. You I'll know? take it with the mask. I'll take it. As long it. as it's open. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. They just opened recently, right? I know we, we mentioned that in our last uh, recording, but that was a pretty new thing. Monday through Thursday, 10 okay. to 2. Yep. Yep. Students can come in. Masks mm-hmm. obviously require, and we're a vaccinated campus now. So, um, but students, I think summer is always a slow period because um, students take on more responsibilities with their families and um, work and stuff. So summer is typically slow, but athletics has been um, in, very uh, active in the health education centers all summer. Um, one of our, one of our, couple of our students are doing their internships, uh, working with the athletic department, helping doing some strength and conditioning with some of the sports teams. So that's nice. pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things some of our students do. Do we have any sporting events um, 
that normally happen at Pierce with our sports teams? Yeah, volleyball. volleyball? Would be in Absolutely. Right yeah, yeah. Um, we're coming into fall season, so fall ball for baseball and basketball will have a, a kind of hopefully, right? right? Keep our fingers crossed. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, they would normally but... be uh, late October, uh, mm-hmm. like preseason um, tournaments, November the November tournaments. We'll see. How yeah, that's usually goes. a big weekend, like that right before Thanksgiving. We usually host like a big. Um, basketball tournament or early December. I can't yeah. remember if it's before. Um, November, so like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, the athletic, the athletic department is, they've been anxious, you know. I bet. Those student athletes are, they were going crazy, you know, not being able to do their thing. Hopefully they'll be able to now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all in there. I've seen them on numerous occasions. The baseball team's doing strength and conditioning. They're out playing as well. Um, women's volleyball, basketball. I think both men's and women's basketball is in the, in the fitness center and in the gym. They're hitting it hard. It's exciting. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun. I also, because I didn't really know much being new about the kinesiology program. So this has been really nice to kind of learn about the programs and the subdivisions and what everything that you guys have going on. No doubt. Yeah. I I appreciate your perspective. Um, the things that you've, that you've said, um, the way that you think about, uh, approaching, uh, the work, the way that you think about approaching, um, serving others, serving the community, really, really appreciate it. Your passion for it. Your thoughts today. Thank you both. This was, uh, a very pleasant <laughs> afternoon for me. Are so you glad you got you. yourself into it? Was that was that a good? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, how can I say no to Kate? You know, true. Like she sent me an email. You gotta and say, like, well, yeah. Of course, well, of course she's kind of like the Godfather too. So like, <laughs> she'll make you an offer. And... You, you gotta, you gotta say yes to Kate. That's why we had to reach <laughs> out. So. Absolutely, yeah. We yeah. call Thank Kate you. the dress. <laughs> you say yes to the dress. Gotcha. Um, well, you guys are doing great stuff. This is this is super cool, and um, it's very opportunistic to be able to talk about the program. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. You know, one of the things I appreciated about this episode was talking through some of those uh, points, because like you said, Lisa, physical fitness is one of those things where we make so many excuses to avoid it. And then when we have like a legitimate excuse, like I'm scared to catch COVID or something like that, that just kind of adds to the pot of reasons why I shouldn't get active. And so... Um, I think one of the one of the main takeaways for me from this episode is is really um, being able to have a conversation, an honest conversation about the 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 cost value benefit type of thing of why you should be trying to stay active and 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 uh, as my daughter would say, silencio Bruno, like like shutting off the shutting off the the that voice in your head saying why you shouldn't do it or why you can't do it. I love that. If, if it helps you, I just listened, I was listening to an audible book on uh, coaching for ha- coaching habits. And um, they talk about um, making, 
uh, you know, you can make some of these routines habitual, just like brushing your teeth. Right. But it does take a lot of practice and it does take um, some ritual of, of repetition over and over and over. And the thing I really loved about what I heard was that you don't create that you're creating a new habit, not always for yourself. Like you're doing, I'm doing this to be healthy for my children. I'm doing right. this to be healthy for my, my spouse or I'm, you know, so, so sometimes that resonates with people too. It's not just, you know, you're beating yourself up. Like I got to do this because of me and I'm letting my own self down, but like, it's a way of holding yourself accountable and also you're giving something for someone else, right? Particularly, like particularly for folks who have a hard time doing something for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a hack to, to get it done when, when you think you're doing it for someone else. I like it. And with that, we will see you on the next episode.